Welcome to End of the Line. I'm Jim Anderson, Multimedia Content Director here at Engineering.com. This week on End of the Line, robotics was supposed to make manufacturing easier. What happened? You know, manufacturing was the original use case for robotics. It started with a single Unimate way back in 1961 at a General Motors die casting plant in New Jersey. Now, that was the perfect application for robotics at the time. Die casting, well, I mean, die casting has come out of the press hot, damned hot, and unloading the parts was a significant part of overall cycle time. Now, this wasn't the first use of process automation. There's a terrific YouTube video called Master Hands from 1936 showing a Chevrolet assembly line using surprising amounts of automated fixturing, clamping, and machine loading. What made robots different was that they're programmable and general purpose and could be adapted to multiple implant uses. Now, a major assembly today, no one would design a line without them. And with new lower cost and easy to program collaborative robots, they're working their way down into machine tending jobs, even in job shops and high mix, low volume operations. Now, overall, the idea is to let the machines do the complex tasks and simplify the manufacturing process overall. Has it? Well, I don't think so, and here's why. Take a look at this chart from an essay by Richard W. Erskine in 2019. Now, it plots production automation complexity in the vertical axis and product design complexity on the horizontal axis. There's a couple of things we can take away from this chart. One is that increasingly complex production automation has freed product designers to build more complex things for those machines to assemble. Better pitchers, well, they breed better hitters. Now, this may seem intuitive on the surface, but it suggests to me that the manufacturability of mass production products, such as consumer goods, well, that's been a major constraint on product design. The shift from mechanical systems to software control has certainly accelerated this. Now, the interesting part of this chart is that once a peak of manufacturing productivity is achieved, product complexity continues to increase as more and more product functionality shifts to code instead of hardware. You see this in the aerospace industry, where fly-by-wire control systems, well, they've made the writing of control laws and the associated algorithms, that, well, those become the project pacing items rather than the sensors and actuators of the old cable systems. From an assembly standpoint, the shift to software is great. It's simpler, less complex hardware, and you don't need jigs, fixtures, and end effectors to load a program. Now take a look at this chart from the same essay. The key takeaway here is that it's really two charts, the upsloping portion to the peak, and then the decay function to the right. Now production automation complexity on the vertical axis, and again, it's product complexity on the horizontal. Now the upslope and the curve, well, that's where most of us live. It's where manufacturers of home appliances, personal computers, and at the pinnacle, automobiles, build tens of millions of units annually. Note the relatively linear correlation between the complexity of the product and the complexity of the machines that make the products. It's no coincidence that the product categories in this area are mass market, price-driven commodity articles. Now look at the curve on the right. Now this is the area of big iron, meaning trains, planes, and ships. These are big, complex things with low production volumes, and as technology improves, they become significantly more complex with little influence from improvements in the technology used to make them. Look at a shipyard. Aircraft carriers are built in much the same way now as they were half a century ago. But the way it's designed and the way systems are simulated and tested is radically different. At the extreme, nuclear submarines, a product can be as complex as the design engineers and the Navy customer wants, and the customer is used to both cost overruns and delivery delays. It's a tale of two worlds, thin margin, high volume, highly automated manufacturing for most of us, and high margin, low volume, and essentially custom production on the right. And the final takeaway? Well, in my opinion, there's a lot less to be gained in collaboration between companies that make airplanes or rockets and those that make washing machines and pickups than most people believe. Thanks for tuning in to this week's End of the Line. Tune in again next time.